Welcome to the Anime Book Club. Today we're going to be covering JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, The Stardust Crusaders, episodes 23 and 24, High Priestess, parts 1 and 2. Uh, I'm Pat. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. I'm here for JoJo. Ah, JoJo is go. We are an anime. I mean, the title describes what this podcast is. If you're just discovering it, uh, we we watch a serving size of anime per week, usually two to three episodes, and then discuss them in a play-by-play manner. <laughs> go go back from the start, maybe, if you want to hear how this JoJo thing came together. <laughs> nah, jump right on in. You're good. This will, I'm sure it'll all make a lot of sense. All It's all context clues. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what this is uh maybe one of my favorite recaps that we've had in a while so episode 23 of the high priestess uh the recap recaps everybody punking on paul Naraf for being dumb enough for thinking abdol was ever dead <laughs> all right so uh, it's been a couple long little while since we did our last recording this yeah. is what i this is what i turned on before abdol was alive again oh okay <laughs> so it was those first five seconds i just want to make that painfully clear to you as pop 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 abdul's alive and it's like a big goofy face of him it was like wait a minute <laughs> for like a... for five seconds i think my brain was going is that how they're going to bring a guy back are they really going to do it like that like just i <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I almost didn't put it past jojo to do that what a disastrous episode skip for you. That's so funny. Uh, and then we're reminded that there's a submarine and they cut to the intro. Um, I am. I was so excited for the submarine episode. Um, I don't know if you went through the thought process that I did where you're like, all right, what part of the submarine is going to be a stand? Is the submarine a stand? Will there be, is they've already had a vehicle. They've already had a stand shark. Like going into this, were you, was your mind set ablaze? I wasn't ready for the submarine to be a stand. I didn't think they'd double back on that just so hard. Mm-hmm. Although we got a really neat episode that was kind of like, um, like almost a hunt for Red October kind of thing going on with stands. Yeah, I really uh, like the way this stuff went. This was fun. This is a fun pair of episodes. This is a really good two-parter. Um, so let's let's just jump into it. So we we cut back in. The narrator is basically doing his tour, his usual tourist narration about the Red Sea, the deal of the Red Sea. And all that kind of stuff. We then have what I would call a quick existential crisis for Polnareff because Avdol is driving the sub and Polnareff is the driver. He has officially lost his sole use to the Joestar family in one crushing blow. Uh, he gets it back later, though, when sort of. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I totally love the idea. That was my first thought. When I saw Avdol on the wheel, I'm like, get away from that. That's Polnareff's job. <laughs> it's the only purpose. He is the Let driver. him serve it. Let him try. Uh, did you notice they were drinking Coca-Cola? Oh, they. Oh, that's awesome. Coca-Cola. <laughs> it was bugging me. It's like Coca-Cola. Completely, Coca-Cola. completely. Uh, Wheelchair and mohawk. Yeah, it's perfectly. Free. Oh god, that's, that's what I wrote down here. I'm trying to understand what I wrote here. So, <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> you wrote they're drinking wheelchairs and mohawks. This is all typed up stuff too. I should understand it better. It's not like it's a pen, pen <laughs> handwriting. Um, no, it was about like. The exact thing. You actually asked me the question that I was thinking about. What on earth are they going to do on a submarine with stands? Yeah. Like I had that one where we're going, like, what, what, is, it just, is it going to be like a Hunt for Red October kind of episode? Like, is it going to be a submarine battle where they're all using their stands to, like, repair the ship or yeah. send them outside of it to do fight? Like, how are they going to do this? Exactly. <laughs> not, a lot of room, not, not a lot of room to fight on a submarine, Pat. Exactly. Uh, not not a ton of room. You're kind of, uh, you're kind of trapped in. Uh, we have a thing where while... Um, Polnareff argues about how he wishes he was the driver. Joseph is like, I could drive a sub. And Jotaro's like, uh, oh, we don't need to crash again. 
which is fair. Which is super fair. And Joseph is like, ah, look at you being in a mood. And then immediately goes like, so everybody, submarines are for rich people. <laughs> which I guess maybe in the eight, well, who knows? Maybe the 80s and 2021 is the same thing. But he's just like, when rich people need to get away, they turn to submarines. <laughs> I mean, it is a private submarine that is super spacious inside. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I guess. And I also love the idea, like, this is one of those things where technically I think it's bad writing, but whatever, it's kind of cute. He mm. goes, like, and it even has windows. And, like, Paul Naraf, who's been in the sub this whole time, then magically notices there's windows and has his own little bush face against it to look at the fish. <laughs> as if he wasn't going to do that the whole time they were submerging. I thought it was cute. It was adorable, but I was like, yeah. there's no way he hadn't already done that. <laughs> he had. There's no way he wasn't going to do it again. Exactly. Um, so then we have, um, I guess, the red herring debate of the episode uh, or or uh, check off sonar. They basically go like, look, we've got sonar. And Joseph's like, yeah, it's great. We'll be able to tell if anybody's going to attack us from any direction. And then Jaws style, it like pans over to Jotaro is like, or we're trapped in this tin can in the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> oh, he's a character. I like him. <laughs> It's so great. Everyone's marveling at this awesome submarine of Jotaro. It's like, we're going to die down here. It's terrible. Uh, we then have, and I, I thought for a second it was like Law and Order. It immediately lets us know that it's 10 p.m. I don't know why it let us know that. But maybe, were you, are, wait, are you watching on Netflix or, Crun or Crunchyroll? Uh, Crunchyroll still. So did it subtitle, Was did it just say 10 p.m. or did they say like 10 p.m. Egyptian time or something like that? Because um... Netflix didn't do anything be honest i don't remember okay there because... definitely was a subtitle for the phone call coming up yeah, yeah okay it did it just stood up straight up 10 p.m and it looks like it's in the actual mm. it's not a subtitle it looks like it's part of the uh it's part of the episode yeah it's in the film i don't know yeah there's no description <laughs> of it yeah it's not it's not a separate layer it's part of the animation yeah well, that's the thing. It's like uh, I'm, I've switched over to Netflix, and Netflix is a little bit lazy in the fact that it, I feel like they're airing the closed captions of the English dub and not a proper translation of the Japanese. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, the world we're living in. Yeah, but they were the ones that dropped the whole ball on that, that pun joke that menacing. they made on the island. Yeah. That too, yeah. Yeah, they don't do the menacing stuff, yeah. I'm already missing my menacings. I need at least three doses of menacings. Uh, we have a cute little scene where Kekoin is just drinking in all the fancy stuff on the sub. He's like, oh my god, there's a coffee machine? And they've got, look, there's five cups, one for each of us. And oh my goodness, there's a fridge full of, uh, what would you say, what was the off-brand Coca-Cola called again? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. There's a fridge full of Coca-Cola. It's like Heatap. Made from real cocoa, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but it's great and then um we have a thing where joseph is like well they're marveling about the sub we have a great thing where joseph's like i have to make a call it's an important call <laughs> and you're like wait what kind of who does you're on the bottom of the ocean who do you need to call and then it cuts to 3 p.m in new york and i started to get excited and then we see suzy q suzy q's back in the anime matt oh my god yes i've i think i literally have written down here one two three four five six seven eight yeses <laughs> Oh, a, a lot of S's at the end there for seeing Suzy Q thing. I switched to all caps for just a couple of seconds because <laughs> I think I might have died a little because it was amazing. Because first we have the reveal of it's Suzy Q living in New York, 
and then all of a sudden they just drop that Smokey Brown is in town. I literally missed that until just this second. I paused right on the uh, the cover of the magazine that says he's the New York mayor. Wait, he's, he's the mayor? I thought he was speaking in New York. He's the New York mayor? It says, sponsored by New York mayor Smokey Brown. When did he move from Georgia? <laughs> yes! What is going on there? Right? So, the, the epilogue said that he became a mayor in Georgia, right? Yeah. Wait, do you think... Wait, no, he wouldn't become a mayor in New York and then move to Georgia. You wouldn't think so. This is crazy. Hold on. I've got the screen cap right in front of me. And it <laughs> says, are you uh, sure it's not Mr. Mayor? Like Mayor Smokey Brown visits New York or I don't know the mayor of New York? I don't know how to take a screen cap and send it to you in a matter of seconds. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. Uh, a charity piece concert that Susie Q is attending displays a picture of Smokey, now the mayor of New York City, as a sponsor of the event. What is his as timeline? New York Mayor Smokey Brown. I think he's been mayor of two different cities in two different states. So, well, no. All right. You could be a mayor of more than one town. And Smokey Brown could definitely do whatever he sets his mind to. So did I feel he like go that should have been in the epilogue. <laughs> like, that's impressive then. I know. This does feel like sloppy. They forgot that they said that thing. But that was supposed to be by the time. No, that didn't, that didn't address his death. No. So. Oh man, see, this is the stuff that I crave. This is really, this is what the podcast is all about. So did Smokey, I think he would, I think he went from New York to Georgia. So you think he became mayor of New York City and then settled in Georgia and became New York there? Because that's where he's from, though. He's from New York, you're right. I don't think you, I don't, oh man, can you really parlay, which one would... Or at least we met him in New York. I don't, we don't actually know he was a native, which is a fair assumption. That's, no, that's what the narrator said. He went off and became the first mayor from his home state of Georgia. Home state of Georgia? Yeah. So he's from Georgia? I'm pretty sure he's from Georgia. <laughs> I mean, Smokey yeah. Brown may have said 15 words this entire series, but... <laughs> yeah. 15 words, Smokey Brown, most impressive character in the background of all JoJo. I mean, he's no Paco. <laughs> I literally don't even remember if Paco talked anymore. Did Paco talk? Paco talked. Remember, he was like, Dad, no. I gotta find my sister. God, I really don't. My memory of Paco is almost just him looking up at Jonathan going, Sir, sir. Yeah. And that's it. Oh, my memory of Paco is wondering if his name was Poco. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite remember that young boy's name. Uh, All right, so hold on. I've we've had to deploy the wiki. My apologies. Uh, at the end, some... at the end of the story, it is explained that Smokey saved enough money for college, where he studied political science, and he would later become an African American mayor of his home t in, of his hometown in the state of Georgia. So, maybe he went from maybe. Georgia to New York. Maybe it's a New York Georgia. Hmm. I don't. Like I've got. By that description, it sounds like he had to go from Georgia to New York. I guess so. Yeah, I guess he... Uh, but that's his home. Like, you'd want to retire from your home. You would think so, but I don't know. New York's a big step up. Yeah, New York is pretty big. Like, unless his hometown was Atlanta, there's, there's not a whole lot that would really compare to New York City and Georgia. What does a Japanese guy in 1987 think is more impressive? <laughs> this is... um. Wow. This is this is pretty big. 
This is uh, this is the the latest bamboo juice that's ground our conversations to the halt. Smoky Brown. I'm so curious. All right, well, you know what? We're we're just gonna have to keep rolling because uh, wait, when did all right? Hold up. When did Speedwagon die? Oh, I have that, no idea. That's how we can do this because if we place the narration to around Speedwagon's death, uh huh. If he was a mayor at the time that Speedwagon died, that takes place before JoJo 3, which means he must have been a Georgian mayor and then moved to New York. That sounds like a step up in, you know, the, the, the amount of people you're a mayor of. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I'm, I think you've, you've convinced me that it, it, he went from Georgia to New York. Like, we're just seeing his political career skyrocket. Uh, next JoJo, we find out he became president, and they just left that out too. Yeah, and that Smokey Brown, his name Dwight Eisenhower. Yeah, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> everybody called him Smokey, but his real name was Dwight. <laughs> What's the name of that shoot? What's that? Um, the game Call of Juarez. Yes, it's one of the Call of Juarez. Um, Gunslinger. Call of Juarez. Gunslinger yeah, from that one. Yeah. Yep. What's What's your name, boy? Dwight. Dwight Eisenhower. <laughs> Dwight Eisenhower, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So, yes. All right. So that whole conversation sprung out of just a magazine cover of Smokey Brown in town. Or I guess not in town. That's where he lives. Yeah. Yo. Oh, man. I bet you he had Joe Star money. Oh, you, you think he had secret funds? No, not even secret. I bet that there was a Joe Star fundraiser. Oh, here it is. He's a mayor in Atlanta. He's doing a great job. And then Joseph Joe Star calls him and says, "Hey, buddy, I'd give you a back, and if you came up here to New York, he's doing a lot of real estate business in New York. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, the current pe- it, it's a mess up here. We need you, Smokey. I know we're barely even talked about this scene at this point because of our Smokey Brown uh, tangent." Can but, I say oh, one more thing yeah, before do. you change please, the topic? Please. His campaign slogan better be where there's smoky, there's fire. <laughs> All uh, right. Please, please change the subject, or we'll I guess we'll continue our recap because we are uh of my three pages of notes, we are still on the second paragraph of page one. It's just I am how impressed are you by this penthouse suite? Like holy they do well crap. for themselves. It is here's the thing. This whole time, like we We've seen uh, Joseph just throwing money around like it's paper. Yeah, he like he, <laughs> he bought a car to trade for camels. So like it's been decent assumption he's been you know well rich, but yeah. that apartment, that penthouse suite in New York City. Yeah, like it's not just a suite. It's like one of those open like studios. There's like it's like three stories of nothing. <laughs> Is how much yeah. empty space is in there? <laughs> It is like I'm in awe, and I didn't realize that he's got like Illuminati level of money. I mean, he's got he's bound to have Speedwagon money. He's got his real estate money. I think. So well, I remember think... Lisa, 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 Elizabeth Joestar married into Hollywood, so he oh, might yeah. have some Hollywood money too. Yeah, God, he's just he's a rich and famous person. Isn't he? He's got a, got a lot of income coming in. I think that we've been downplaying how much. I I assumed this whole time he was bankrolled by Speedwagon. Yeah. And while I'm fairly sure that probably he did get that, I'm starting to think maybe he really just did really good for himself. Well, I mean, it's believable to people that he'd be doing real estate deals internationally. So you have to yeah. think. 
I, I think the Joseph Joestar, that man has technically been to the stratosphere <laughs> on a has. rock. He'd probably sell a house. He went there pr- almost completely bare. Yeah. Well, and he, remember, he knew the market in in uh, in Pakistan, right? Or no, yeah. that was the uh, Arab Emirates, you know, the UAE. Yeah. He knew about the market there. So he's, I don't know. I believe in that he's got Batman money, basically. Yeah, I guess that's what it's at. Which is funny because they, I guess, never mind. I was sorry to say, but he doesn't use his money to stop anything. No, he buys, he brings a submarine. Yep. Buys a submarine for fun. And then he doesn't care what happens to it later. He really doesn't. Um, uh, But anyway, we get back to Susie Q. Yeah. Her her introduction was the dress thing again, Pat. It was, I, 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 I had such a humongous reaction to her picking dresses. It was like we were home. We were back in Italy, man. It felt so good to see Susie Q. Oh man, I, I didn't realize I missed her so much. I had I had a really big reaction to seeing Susie Q as well, where I'm like, oh my goodness, it's Susie Q, and just how much I really liked her and Joseph in in the second season, so much. Uh, they've got a a, a a butler named Rosas or Rosas. I, I don't trust him. You don't trust the butler? No, I don't. Like he seems very nice this whole episode. My first and only note about Rosas is that I don't trust him. You don't trust him. Something about him seems shady. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. So in the manga, his name is Roses, and it's a reference to Guns and Roses. So okay. Rosas, uh, yeah, I, I guess. Well, he looks like a he looks like an anime villain guy, but he seems to be ride or die. He seems to be up on the up and up. He seems to be you know all for the Joseph. So it's, he came out of nowhere, and he got a band related name. Yeah. So I think those two things together make me think, oh, well, he's not there for good reasons. Well, that and I also don't agree with the crux of the scene. I mean, the main summary, without doing a play-by-play, is that Joseph is lying to her. He's like, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, just, on a, I'm just on a trip, just tripping around. He's like, have you spoken to Holly? And she's like, yeah, but she, apparently Holly can talk, but like she's sick that she can't get up, but she can talk enough to also lie to her mom. Yeah, well, she's trying to, she's trying to put on a strong face kind of thing. They're doing yeah. that. Or she doesn't want anyone to know she's sick. She's trying to hide it. And she's like, yeah. better any, any day now. Yeah, any day now. I don't know if she knows that she's being eaten alive, eaten alive by spirit vines, if they've bothered to explain that to her. Does the Speedwagon Foundation even know that when they're trying to keep up on her? They probably studied stands. Okay. I don't know. I don't anyway, know. let's... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep this rolling. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Jotaro isn't a fan of this whole thing. He doesn't like that they are... Um, that they're keeping a secret from Susie Q, his grandma. And we have a great little thing where uh, Susie asks Joseph for feedback on the dress she should wear. And he's like, ah, uh, just ask Rojas. Rosas. He knows. Yeah. I'm going to call him Roses from now on. This is easier. Um, and then we have one of the best lines of this two-parter where um, Rosas like suggests like a dress that's back in her closet. So Susie leaves the room and he's like, yes, Master Joestar, I'm on the phone. She can't hear us. And he's like, well, Rosas, actually, I'm calling from a submarine. <laughs> uh, it just that feels so normal. It doesn't seem to interrupt his life. Like Rose seems to understand pretty quickly. <gasps> the submarine, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh so, uh, my god. Again, goodness. sir, please don't wreck this one. Please, please, sir. You've already crashed a private plane and <laughs> that's Sedna. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um but yeah, they, they, they do a back and forth. Um, Ro- Rosas knows that Holly's getting worse, and Joseph, and he's like, well, why don't we tell your wife? And he's like, nah, we're going to keep lying to see this thing through. Um, and that, that basically wraps up the call. Uh, we have a funny little moment where Susie has come back with uh, 
Like because I think it's going back to like when she when she was basically a maid and worked for I, at least that's how I read the scene. Like she was a maid for Lisa Lisa and is holding like a tray for tea and Rosa's like, no, 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 that's my job. Da, 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 da. Um we get we get the feeling that the gang is all supporting the all let's let's all lie to Susie Q except for Jotor who remains silent. He's a lot more endearing than I remember her being. Maybe it's just because she's old and I know she's had a whole life with John, uh, Joseph at this point. I like Susie Q from the start, I think. I, I think this podcast has audio proof that I've been a big Susie Q fan. Probably. But she's more endearing than I remember her being. Like, I was like yeah. oh, it's great that she's... I remember her being more Holly-like, I think. I think Holly mm. replaced a lot of what I remember to Susie Q was like. Oh, I got it. Well, she had more of a... She had an edge to her. Remember that time yeah. she threw a rock at Joseph, but he was in a car, so it really didn't get to him? Yeah, and he told her to get less ugly before he got back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're so good. God, I love those two. He maybe um, deserved that rock to actually hit him, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, and also, yeah, I mean, they had that... Yeah, no, I'm not going to relive that, but I really like those two. I'm a big <laughs> fan of how that all goes. Um, we finally have... Uh, we get a quick POV of the water. Just mm-hmm. to let us know that something is afoot. And hey, guess what? Polnareff's driving the sub. Yeah. Until, he's, <laughs> until he is no longer allowed to drive the sub. <laughs> until Avtol almost chokes him to death for the yeah. shoulder. <laughs> um, We've at we, this point, I have a note, we've gone almost yeah. an entire half an episode with no stands. Yeah, zero stands. No, one's no enemy stand user, there. nothing. Like this, this has mostly just been them cruising under the ocean, chatting up uh, Suzy Q. Yeah. Uh, try see Kekoid be best boy walking around being like, Hey guys, making coffee, making coffee. Well, that's the, the my next note is like Paul Narf wakes up from a nap and tries to bully Kekoid into making him coffee, making coffee, Kekoid, making the my coffee f- without, yeah. So here's my my notes went in a couple different ways. Paul Narf tries to bully Kekoid into making coffee. Um, then Avdol sees the uh Africa on Periscope. <laughs> Like, he has the submarine periscope, he sees Africa, they all get excited. And then it turns out that even though Kekoid told Paul Naraf that he's like, well, you get up and make the coffee. Kekoid gave up and made everybody coffee. <laughs> he just didn't make two cups, he made five cups of coffee. Well, he, he, it's, it didn't sound like it was a sincere thing, because he doesn't trust Paul. No one should trust Paul Naraf to make the coffee, he's French. I guess, yeah, he, yeah. Oh, <laughs> your French coffee. Uh, we, we have the payoff of the earlier thing where Catcoin looked at the screen and went, there are five cups. Just enough for us. Five cups. Because Chekhov's um, counting. Yeah, Chekhov's counting. Because <laughs> now there are six cups. And in what could only be described, pure, pure Joseph luck, uh, he picks the one cup that is actually the enemy stand. You can almost hear like the battle music from an RPG start like... <laughs> <laughs> dude it's straight up a mimic from prey did you did you, did you never play yeah. prey or did you see the the uh i've, any... I've seen enough of it yeah it works totally like a mimic it is straight up a mimic from prey and it's like the way they introduced mimics was through a coffee cup too oh i wonder if that's a jojo reference then i really wonder if it was because it lines up perfectly and it's one of the first things you learn to turn into in that game if you do the mimic powers oh that's so funny but yeah, so it's it's uh Joseph picks up the coffee mug, he goes to drink it, but then it turns into a mush thing, and then it slices off his robot hand and then slices the fingers off the robot hand, and those fingers go into Joseph's like throat. So he takes a hard L and it lands, and this enemy stand has kind of like a kabuki face, is the way that I would describe it. Yeah, it's that was my back thought. It looks very much like a Japanese kind of demon, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it's super duper. Yeah, definitely is wearing the Japanese kind of influence on its sleeve. It's got like a big, like big mouth, like like a Joker mouth almost. Yeah, it's got like the ex- it's got like the um, the extra lips. It's got the the pale face. It's got the dots on the head. Those things that you usually see in a lot of the Japanese kind of demons. Yeah, and I, I like the design. It's very menacing. It goes it's very <laughs> the way yeah. it cackles too. It's it makes fun. a lot. Yeah, it makes <laughs> a, a lot very of high pitch. Yeah. Um, and then it is revealed that it is able to hide itself um, and take the shape of any kind of like it, it mutates and morphs into the wall basically. And uh, Joseph passes out from the pain. Um, fortunately, Avdol's back in the show and he's our living Pokedex and is immediately yes. like. Did you have that thought too? It's like, oh, thank God Abdal's here. I literally wrote down, wait, was Abdal the stand expert? Because I literally don't remember. Was he the one who always broke down what every stand could do? He's like, that must be yellow temperance. Oh my was, God, that's purple devil. Was that his role? Like, I don't that, remember anymore. That was his role, yeah. That, that was his contribution to the group, was he knew what every stand was. He was the Pokedex. Man. The, yeah. We really did miss him then, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, that 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 growth on your throat really looks like it's the uh, the lovers. You should get oh, that yeah, look at. He, he could have helped them on the entire time. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. It's like, oh, that's the empress. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's like, oh, it's high priestess. Uh, the user's name is Rose. Um, I did look it up. Uh, the uh, the Japanese uh, name for Rose is uh, Medler, and I think that's Beth Midler is probably the reference. Wow, yeah, it's Beth Midler. Drastically, okay. Uh, she has a song called "The Rose," apparently, which is why they're calling her Rose. That's like the the brain logic to get around referencing yeah. Beth Midler. My brain had a weird connection between that and Rose of Street Fighter, but I know Rose is based on um, Lisa 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 Lisa. So, um, fun fact: the Dreamcast fighting game is actually the uh, uh, she is one of the playable characters, and they actually had to design her for the fighting game because she was never actually. Like a spoiler alert for the future of this. You never actually get a good look at her. Um, but yeah, the user's name is uh, is Rose. I'm going to go with that because they don't say the name enough for me to have the the audio. It's not like Jay Guile where they say the name a ton and you just can't no. forget it. They never really address any. Like I don't think they ever address by name anyone after this point, do they? Mm-hmm. Not really. This is always the enemy stand. It's a razor blade now. Yeah. So we get the rules that um, I wrote that it can copy anything unorganic. Like they, they give a couple of examples, but the rules don't really matter. It just, it just can't take the shape of like, it can't like show up as a dog or a cat or something. Yeah. It has to be something inorganic, but they're in a sub. So that's a huge problem. Yeah. It's, you know, like everything around them. Yeah. Um, and they're, I mean, they escalate the, the stakes really quickly, which is kind of cool. Like a, a, Water starts like breaking into the sub. The phone starts ringing, and it seems like, oh no, he's the phone. He's trying to trick them into grabbing the phone. And it's like every yeah. one of them fails the shell game because none of them kept their eyes on the enemy stand. Oh, exactly. That's so funny. Yeah, they totally did not keep track of like, wait a minute, how many Mul- things were there? Or... <laughs> Multiple times too. They constantly <laughs> lose track of it. It's pretty funny that yeah, no one is able to keep even even Jotaro with his super eyes. His fly-drawn eyes. His special eyes. Uh, uh, we then have a great little moment where um, Jotaro picks up the phone, and it, it turns out Susie had called back. She wasn't a fan of... And I guess a lot of time's gone by, because it's now, uh, instead of being 3 p.m. in New York, it is now nighttime. Yeah. Um, and you could find out that she is actually... Number one, she's a little surprised to hear 
that it is Jotaro instead of Joseph. And she's like, I can hear water and a siren. Are you guys like drawing a bath? Like what's happening? It almost happening? seems upset at first that it's Jotaro. I guess she, like that immediately means something bad to her. Yeah. Well, she's smart as, 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 as yeah. She immediately is like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. That's you two thing. are never I, together. What I love about this scene in particular, like I got a bit of this earlier, but in this one in particular, which is talking to Jotaro now. Yeah. Susie Q is not nearly as dumb as I remember her being. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how to how to, to skirt around that fact. She never seemed to be the brightest of the bunch. And this yeah. one, it feels like she's used to the kind of life Jonathan has probably had after living with him for so yeah. long. It's like, wait what? a minute, is is Jonathan not, not Jonathan? Is Joseph, Joseph. On an, is Joseph on an adventure? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. I feel like this is the thing when you're like she paid attention to the life that he kept living, probably. Yeah. She and I, to... I, I I dig that. I feel really good for Susie Q here. It seems like she's actually... They're keeping her in the dark. I feel like she still suspects something, but mm-hmm. she seems to be much more well-adjusted and much more intelligent than she's letting on at this point. Yeah, she's a character they've aged really well. Yes. I would say. Better than Arena, maybe even. Ooh, yeah, that's probably a good point. Oh, Granny Arena. Um, My next note, and this kind of skips ahead a little bit, is that we get Paul Narath. Paul Narath does an oh my god in English, and I thought that was hilarious. Oh, yes, uh, okay. The, see, that was the note I wrote down earlier that I couldn't understand. Oh, what did you... I had, I had one written down. I was like, who shouted oh my god? I'm pretty sure it was Paul Narath. Was it Pla? I, listened... I wrote Pla, and I think I meant Pole. <laughs> I had uh, no okay. idea what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. I think Paul Narath shouted oh my god off camera. Yeah, they all waited for Joseph, for Jotro to hang up the phone. The second he hangs up the phone... Uh, Paul Narath screams, oh my god, and then the submarine crashes into the ocean floor. And uh, we get one one little quick thing of Susie Q where she comments that she thinks it's weird and the, the line has gone dead. Uh, we then get more higher stakes, which I kind of... Actually, this whole next scene, I think, is really well done. It's super tense and awesome. Oh, we didn't talk um, about that uh, phone call conversation very much, though. Like We didn't say what oh, yeah, no, no. said to her. Um, oh, he, he tells her that everything's going to be okay, right? Yeah, like he's... Like he he reconfirms that I'm just on a business trip with the old man. He wanted my help. Yeah, and and she seemed really happy about it. Like she's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you mean you've reconnected with the family?" Yeah, I guess I didn't sell that enough. Yeah, I do like that that he he at least attempts to play along with the um play along with the idea of this, which is cool. Um, I don't. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting little moment. I just I I like that that whole exchange. I like that call. But yeah. No, I yeah, like that. Every, every moment so cute is just gold in these two episodes. It's really good. It's really good. And and this follow-up scene, I'm I'm a big fan of. Like mm-hmm. they raise the stakes again. They are now running out of air in the sub. And like puts put, tons of pressure on Kekoi. Like Jotaro is just like, Kekoi, which of these which of these dials is the creature? <laughs> yeah, because they lost track of it again. <laughs> they lost track of it. And like for whatever reason, Jotaro is like, if you're wrong, it's on you. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of these like and it pointed because it's like whenever you look at these things there's like 12 like 30 like 20 or 30 dials yeah. like, like whole, more than you'd think you'd ever need think of any scene on a sub from any movie like red october and then randomly ask someone to recall like how many dials were on the background of that scene <laughs> Uh, but we have a great thing where it's like you slowly, I, I and I think it's not slow motion. I think that Jotaro is actually using Star Platinum very delicately. It looks like he's slowly approaching the dial to hit it or grab the dial, and 
it's moving real slow and then we get this great fake out where it's actually right behind Kekoyan and it jumps out and it's it's so good. <laughs> and Abdul's first instinct is the warn Jotaro. Yeah, Kekoyan. <laughs> it's like Jotaro, look out. It's behind Kekoyan. <laughs> it's yeah, instead of telling Kekoyan to duck, who then eats like he gets either cut in the neck or the shoulder. Like yeah, he I eats guess- it. It's a bit ambiguous, but it's one of those wounds that you should be able to see later on, but they don't bother to keep drawing. Yeah, it's like you, you, we get a big giant like arterial spray out of Kekyoin as the as the enemy stand takes a chunk out of him and runs by, and um, and it's so funny like as it it scurries away and hides again, and Abdol is like, "Listen, everybody, here's how we're gonna get out of this situation. We're gonna have to work together and pay attention." And he grabs hold of like a handle on the door and then looks down, and <laughs> the handle is the enemy stand. <laughs> Oh, this is this episode is the best. He is the bus. Yeah. <laughs> like over and over and over. It's so good. Like they do I I think this episode totally works because like it's a group of characters that have in the past proved to be very, very capable making the wrong call over and over again in like really great ways. Oh man, speaking of this this cast of characters, I think we completely skipped like earlier in the episode. There was this great moment. Where Polnareff, I think, is really happy. He's like, wait a minute, guys. I'm just really happy that all five of us are together again. And we had, like, that synchronized head butt, like, head, uh, head tilt. tilt from all of them. Like, it was one of those anime things where they, like, have five frames on screen at once and all yeah. do it at the same time. That was cute. I do, yeah. It's it's good to see the gang together. I mean, and I guess I should mention this. Um, they did split Stardust Crusaders into two seasons. So this these two seasons act as the season finale. Yeah, and it does kind of build towards that. This is we're getting, build- yeah, a lot of buildups going on. A lot of lot of buildup. Uh, we have a great little moment um, too, where when Avdol sees that he's grabbed onto the enemy stand, he's like, "I don't have any fake hands to lose." Oh no! This <laughs> <laughs> is such a great little thing. Um, but before he can really get hurt, Jotaro uh, or Star Platinum grabs it. And we have this like weird moment where like Star Platinum hasn't fully manifested, so like just his like arms are sticking out of Jotaro's chest, and it's it's holding um, the High Priestess, kind of like a basketball or something. And the thing is mostly head and hair with like a few hands and teeth. Yeah, it's it's kind of got the proportions of like ta- the Tasmanian Devil. Yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah, it's a little bit like the Tasmanian Devil. Like it's it's all head and yeah. But um, and then we have a moment where like um, shoot, I should have written who made the suggestion. Maybe it's Palmer. Somebody tells him to squish it, and he's like, "Aye." aye. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, before Jotaro can smash, yeah, it was Palmer. Um, oh, cool. Palmer's yeah. like crush that thing, and he's like, "Aye." aye. And when he tries to smash it, it uses its shape changing power to turn into a razor blade, um, which messes up Jotaro's hands pretty bad. Uh, and as it jumps away, Joseph kind of wakes up and he's like, hey, what's going on? And everyone's like, shut up, old man. And they all, one after another, try to use their stand powers and fail to hurt um, High Priestess. It, like, it, it bests them in a couple of different ways. <laughs> I like hearing Joseph wake up and go, wait a minute, are we in a pinchy? Because that was like the, the Japanese actor <laughs> actually said pinchy. And it's like, oh, instead of a pinch, are we in a pinchy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, he wakes up like here's the thing when he got knocked out he, like he probably has no idea what knocked him out it all happened so quickly the submarine was fine everyone was okay and he wakes up 
Everything's on fire. Water's everywhere. Something's screaming in a high demon pitch voice at him. Abdol's then shooting fire <laughs> in the sub. Uh, Kakyoin is probably still spurting blood across the screen. It's so. Fu- I, I'm surprised no one said like you're gonna use up all the air. Don't use your fire powers. Yeah, I was kind of surprised no one thought about that, but I guess they were gonna abandon ship soon, anyways. I guess they're all yeah, real freaked out, and then they all just kind of cheese it. Like they they try to run, and Jotaro doesn't run. He like does a little thing where he like looks at it, it's like, hey, hey, the name's Jotaro Kujo. I'm gonna beat the shit out of you, and then it runs off, and it just laughs at him. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Like I'd written down um because that is like a like a precision moment. Yeah. How Jotaro is an anti Jonathan. Yeah. Like. The bridge was the bridge we had between him, between Jonathan, Joseph, and Jotaro. Like Joseph was somewhere between them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that moment where Jotaro's just like, "I'm going to be the end of you." Yeah. Like I will. Like, I think his exact words were, "I will end you." Yeah. In the translation, I was like, "Whoa." That's a good little like. I I originally wrote in my notes, and I wish I had just kept that joke. He's like, he just writes another receipt, like with Steely Dan. <laughs> And I, I like his kind of thing where it's like, you have the upper hand right now, but at some moment, because I am the main character, I will have a turnabout, and I will wreck you. It will Objection. happen. Yeah. Uh, the gang is basically just running at that point. Um, and Joseph, I guess, hearing that Jotaro talked to Susie, he's like, oh, why would you? Oh, no, that's just oh, the bad, bad call, my boy. Anyway, I've got a plan. <laughs> Uh, I like that this anime never lets us forget that Joseph is still Joseph. Oh yeah, he's, th- he's... that he has lived a heck of a life between now and the last time we saw him. Like he hasn't stopped. Oh yeah, he's like, I got an idea for this. It's kind of like Cup from Transformers, but he's like, still has the will to live. Oh yeah, it's like I got a, I you know, this happened to me before, and I know this savvy trapped trapped in the submarine with a monster. Bah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, because it's a running. I think one of his exact phrases were, "I've been in a number of situations like this." Yeah, <laughs> and it's good. <laughs> I've been in bullshit like this before. He's like, "Let me tell you about the time I was flying a plane and a whole bunch of uh, bird feathers turned into piranhas." <laughs> <laughs> I've had weird days, gang. You know, um, it's funny because it's weird to Stansar. I don't think anyone would have believed him about that. I guess yeah, the, all that stuff that happened between him and Cars is so it is so intensely weird that it really does kind of stand out. <laughs> um we then cut back to Susie real quick who is still kind of musing about things. Yes. And we get a shot of the fact that she has a somewhat outdated picture of Jotaro. We get to see like pre uh pre-custom schoolboy uniform Jotaro with Holly. And uh, it, it's a nice little thing. And we get to see the butler be like, I should tell her. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Pre- God, how do you think the school board let him customize his own outfit like that? School. Are they going to stop him? The guy's a gosh darn giant. <laughs> Not going to mess with that guy. Oh, no. We don't. We can't mess off the, the Joe Star. He's got a European blood in him. Uh, there's Joe Star money going into this school. Where do you Probably. think the art wing came from? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. He wants to wear a chain on his shoulder? Let him do it. Uh, it's funny because he's proud of that as a school uniform, but I guess until a second, I never thought there's no fucking way the th- clothes that he's wearing are actually uniform. Yeah, it's it's such a heavily edited uniform. It's crazy that he is allowed to walk around like that. Ugh. 
Man, oh man, Joe. And yet again, that's his that's his remade Japanese school uniform that he got in uh in Pakistan. Had to stick to it. Had yeah. to stick to it. Where how did they get the chains for that outfit when they remade it? It's so great. It's hundred percent wool though. Who knows what those chains are made of? Uh we then get an awesome uh transition from uh Susie Q worrying about the gang and the butler thinking everybody. She like looks out a window and then the sky turns into the sea and then it's overlooking the sub and it's like an awesome transition. Um, I, I really like it when they when they do cool transitions. We have actually yeah. I don't think we've had a cool transition like this since the Steely Dan episode. Yeah, maybe not. The uh, um, f- I know Cacuin had a really cool one, but that might have been a while ago. I don't remember yeah. anymore. Um, we basically I just wrote in my in my notes the team just recaps how fucked they are. And uh, we learned that they were going to do some scuba diving. And Joseph does like calisthenics or something like that. He's like kind of swinging his arms, like getting to like, all right, got to get myself into gear. And he's like, Jotaro, help me. I only have one hand. And Jotaro's like, nope. <laughs> uh, he should have helped his grandpa. Come on. It's so funny. He's like, help your grandpa. I only got one hand right now. He's like, nope, no, 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 no. And uh, we get a great final shot of just the the high priestess's like kind of like laughing mouth in the darkness. And it's a really cool. Um, I just like the visual. It's a really, really neat visual, really cool, a menacing way. Big laughing mouth though. It doesn't look like hers. It looks like it's something else like outside the submarine. I had started to assume that this was going to be like a team up again. Mm-hmm. That there was another enemy stand out in the ocean. Oh, that he was driving him off. Yeah. that once they got out there, they're going to have to deal with that guy who would be a giant mouth in the ocean. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's uh, high priestess is pretty threatening on the sub. Um, I was really curious what they were gonna do. I was debating in my head, like, is high priestess more or less dangerous outside of the sub? Yeah. High priestess definitely seems super dangerous in the sub. Oh god. Um, and they hit that moment. Sorry, where they were still inside the sub. I don't remember when they actually said this in the episode. Yeah, but they had this moment when the submarine was going down, and they were recapping how fucked they were. Yeah, and. uh <laughs> One of the things they, I think it was Polnareff who was saying, I have been traumatized off every single vehicle known to man. Yeah. <laughs> I never want to be in any of them again. <laughs> I've been on a, I think Jotaro, just, his only response was never in a submarine again. Yeah. Like he just like straight faces, never submarine. Never again. And it's like, I think literally every single vehicle at this point has attacked them. One way or the other. Ascension car attacked them, Pat. Ascension car and boat, like a giant ship. Yeah. Was sentient and attacked them. He was sucked into a nightmare on a plane. Actually, he had multiple plane attacks. Yeah. Nothing is safe for Jean-Paul Pierre Polnareff. Something is mentally wrong with these people if they don't have PTSD from this shit. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but no, I, I do. I'm glad you mentioned that because during the, the yeah, they all had little quick... Uh, before the scuba-ing, the scuba had to begin. They all did have a good little recap of that. <laughs> oh, man. I like this. I like this episode. Really tense, really good stuff. Are you ready to jump on to the next one? Yeah, let's do it. Right into it. Yeah, part two. High Priestess part two, episode 24. Um, Joseph tries to help raise morale while he has trouble putting on his scuba gear one-handed and even comments about how hard it is. Even the, at, Which, at no point, I know Jotaro <laughs> said no, but why does not Abdul or... <laughs> <laughs> like Abdul almost appeared as his loyal manservant in the beginning of this. Yeah. And like, nope, no help from him. No help from good boy Kakyoin. Yeah. They all just stand by. They all just stand by and let this happen. 
it is it is it is crazy um <laughs> we have a thing where he then asks like has anyone ever scuba dove before and everyone's like nope 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 not at all and he's like oh okay well this gives me an excuse to explain the bends mm -hmm. so we get a quick little uh explainer about what it's like to scuba dive and the the risk of them surfacing too quickly oh we had a great moment in this like a great still shot of when he like uh, who was it um i think it was uh Abdul, maybe one of them was like quickly he just had a dive and he was like quick and uh, his response was don't panic above all don't panic and he had this head tilt yeah that was just so very joseph like that yeah. head tilt, i don't know how else to describe it if you haven't seen the second part if you've seen mm -hmm. any, if you've seen any of the second part, you'd know the head tilt. Like, oh yeah, that is definitely a Joseph pose. I loved seeing it. Yeah, it was so good. It was, and that's the that's the thing. It's like it's a weird moment where Abdal, I guess, ever since I guess he lost all of his cool after accidentally finding the stand, is he's definitely like, you can't teach them how to scuba dive. We got to get out of here. And he's like, ah, uh -uh. let me finish my explanation. Well, it was like fill this room full of water. It was it was last episode, wasn't it? Was it? I the last for this one where Avdol started to open like a wheel, like a wheel hatch, and the wheel yeah. turned into be the enemy stand. Yeah, the wheel hatch turned to be the enemy stand. So he's like waiting at all angles. Yeah, I would be a little, I'd be a little on edge after that too. He's like, how do I know that my shoes aren't enemy stands? Ah, um, and then, hoof, hoofta hoofta, they bring it, Matt. They bring yeah. it. Are we talking about the moment where old man Joseph probably finally realizes he's surrounded by children? Yes. Okay. Um, they they need to, he says, and he, he goes through a bunch of stuff about how scuba gear works, and he's like, and by the way, we can't talk, so we'll have to use hand motions. We can use okay and meh. And then Abdal's like, well, why don't we talk through stands? And he's like, oh yeah, that's that's a good thing to work. And Paul Darf's like, oh, that's that's too bad. I have a pretty good way to communicate through my hand motions. And then he does like an extended little hand thing, and that cat coin gives the translation, which I don't even really care about because Pawnerf is like, you nailed it. And then they have one of the best, super complicated, best buddy handshakes. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's their so eyes. Their eyes went dark for it too. They're supposed to be very, yeah. very like not human when they're doing this. I, it's like they they do the shadow over the eyes that JoJo characters have when they're concentrating. So, like, they're both like, let's not mess up our best buddy handshake. It was the best. It's got, like, like forearm bumps, and, like, they shake hands at different heights, and, oh, my God. It's got everything but, like, a, a <laughs> chest bump. And uh, I, on the other hand, do care what the message was, because the message was, your underwear is showing. <laughs> Like at some point, did they come up with that high sign for each other? I guess like Kakuyoin understands it, and it sets Joseph off. Yeah, because <laughs> he's like, like while they're in the middle of their like complicated hand, like uh, secret yeah. handshake thing, he's like, "We're gonna die down here." <laughs> it's incredible. Like they found a way to break him. Like <laughs> this, this has seen like such horrific things like he watched a hand turned into he watched someone's hand turn into a squirrel <laughs> and then that squirrel went off and ate another squirrel and he's like watching two guys do a best buddy handshake <laughs> and that's what makes him go like we're doomed i was like well look dudes because like guys kids we are yeah. in a fucked up situation yeah 
We could we could say weird shit. We can't stop to do weirdly choreographed <laughs> handshakes here. It was incredible, and I feel like it's a great payoff because uh, I think you and I have both mentioned a couple of times when it's a Kakyoin and Polnareff episode. Like those are choice. I yeah. love it when they appeared. When Death Thirteen happened, when it was um, the Emperor and um, the Hanged Man together, like. When they had that mirror world conversation, I love Polnareff <laughs> and Kakyoin together. So the fact that they have off camera developed a best buddy handshake is so good. It's so good. Man. God. I'm sorry. I just love that so much. It's my favorite yeah, thing in the whole It was a good scene. Yeah. So good. Anyway, and I even remember this. Then we have to go back to the episode. <laughs> Is Joseph is like he yells at them to go back to the thing. It looks like they're all about to go swimming, and oh no! Turns out the stand was there the whole time, and it took the form of Polnareff's scuba gear. <laughs> there was only four scuba gears. <laughs> I wish they had done that again, or like a teased <laughs> it or something like that. But yeah, and it waited. It the the stand I guess was polite enough to wait for them to have that whole conversation, the handshake, and then it turns into itself. And um, it's biting his lip. It's biting his lip, and then we cut to the intro. Oh man, awesome intro! This it holds their tradition, yeah. Because we have the last, uh, the intro for the last episode of, I guess, the season. That we're going to count this yeah. as the season. Yeah, sound always, effects. The sound effects are always overmixed. I had the exact same kind of thing where it's like, what is going on? Is you can hear every punch, every glass shatter. Yeah, and there were Haman noises during this intro. Mm. Did you notice the Haman noises? Because I freak out every time I hear the Haman noise. <laughs> and they were, yeah. I didn't think there were any Haman noises in the intro, but someone's using Haman. Someone is using Haman in there. Someone is using Haman. There's an Envy stand user is what we're trying to say. <laughs> His stand is Haman. Oh my God, it's so good. Anyway, it, it's really weird. I don't know if that's on purpose or not, or I... Because I haven't found any notes about that. I don't know why. The sound effect stuff? Yeah, why that happens. Because oh, it's got to it be, be on purpose. Act. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, I guess. I don't know. I guess they like I guess they like that. Yeah, I must make it more dramatic or something. Like I can't think of any production reason, but maybe there is one. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, although strange. I did uh, take a moment in the intro. It's something I never thought of before. It was a... Uh, mm -hmm. You know that collage near the end where it's of Holly's stand and it's like the whole Joestar bloodline? Yeah. And then some... Uh, going into Jotaro is back at the end. Yeah, his legacy, I guess. Do you notice that George 1 and 2 are in there? Yeah. And Jonathan is holding Dio, I think. Oh, like, is he? Like, I think Shoot. Dio is in that, and Jonathan is holding him. Oh, that's weird. And I'm having a hard time because there's one female character in there who I think might actually be Arena. Is it Arena or is it is it Lisa Lisa? It might be Elizabeth Joestar. Oh, Elisa's in it, but I think Arena might actually be in it, too. Oh, neat. Yeah, it's I'm a different slot. So. Like it's definitely separate from where Lisa Lisa would be. Starts off with Holly. There's Lisa Lisa, and there's a female on the right side that I think is Arena because it's got her necklace. Her necklace oh, okay. identifies her, right? Yeah. And there's there's George the second. There's Jonathan, and he's holding something with yellow hair in his hands. And Interesting. I think it's Dio. I don't know what else he'd be holding, which would imply that Dio is entwined in this bloodline. Wait, well, I mean, he kind of forced his way in. Yeah, he forced his way in, but he's there. He got ahead. Yeah. 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 Anywho, uh, the intro with sound effects is played because it is the season finale. 
uh, we're going right back into it. Uh, the uh, high priestess is uh, is going in. It's going to Polnareff's mouth, and it gets in. And they're all like, "Oh my god, it's gonna chest burster him!" And lucky for him, he's got gross friends because both Joseph and uh, and best boy Kekyoin fire up Hierophant Green and Hermit Purple, and go up his nose to go down his throat to get <laughs> to get the stand out, which had to be a terrible bit of time for our good friend uh, Polnareff there. Real gross, and then we have an extended fight. Uh, I mean, my highlight of it is that it turns into a spear gun at one point, and then uh, it has a spear gun slash sword fight with a uh, silver chariot, and uh, it all kind of like culminates with them just bugging out and getting out of the sub and starting to swim away. You know, I was expecting, I was not expecting Hermit Purple to be going inside of him, but I am glad they they continue to remember that they have a stand that literally goes inside people's bodies. It was they both remembered. Yeah. <laughs> it was a gross because the fact that it's like they didn't go down his mouth down his throat they went nose throat out of mouth i don't know why i love the combination of kakyoin being the best boy but with the creepiest stand. <laughs> best boy's got that goop stand man it's like i don't i don't understand why specifically but i love that contrast so much <laughs> He's such a he's such a pleasant, clean, well kept person, but his stand is the gooeyest, ickiest <laughs> thing the in the world. Creepiest thing, so creepy. Lolly ho! <laughs> oh, Hairfan Green is the best. Um, anyway, the gang kind of swims off. Um, Polnareff tries to enjoy the moment, but Joseph is like, "Shut up! Plan your vacation on a later day." And uh, Abdul kind of like is like, hey, since it can't turn into anything organic, like it's not going to turn into a fish. I think we're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. And then like an idiot, I'm going to give Abdul the idiot of these two episodes award. He's like, yeah, we'll be fine. All we got to do is swim to the surface. The best way to do that is going into that ominous cave over there. <laughs> oh, we missed some French. Like we have a lot of English, but we actually had some French uh, show up. Merci beaucoup. We a, yeah, we had a merci. Yeah. Oh, because I guess I skipped over this. Um, uh, they they have an extra like hose or something. So Paul Naraf is using Jotaro's air, and he gives him mercy buku. Now, correct right? me if I'm wrong. Jotaro shouldn't be worried about the air because if I remember, in the blue episode, what was it, Blue Devil, Blue Star? What was the what yeah was Blue the Devil? Uh, the the Deep Blue Devil or something? Oops, deep Blue maybe. God damn it! I actually had to write it down. No, somewhere Deep Blue there. Star, Deep Blue okay. something. <laughs> he had oh, like infinite God. air underwater, didn't he? Yeah, he went for well. Remember, he's it was the Frieza thing. It's like you got five minutes of air, yeah, okay. and it it really didn't affect him, yeah, in any way. I remember the guy's name was uh, it was Captain Blue Dr something. Oh, Dark Blue Moon. Dark Blue Moon. Okay, Dark Blue Moon. There we go. Like the beer, kind of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we have a thing where Avdol's like, "It's great that we're out in the open. Let's go into an enclosed space as soon as possible." Hey, that enclosed space looks like a face. Look how welcoming it is. I did have a thing rather that kind of looks like the nose. And then fortunately, thank God they cut to right to the chase. The camera yeah. pans out <laughs> or gets pans up and they've swum above a giant human face <laughs> that is on the seafloor. <laughs> like no, no more. Like last episode was all about suspense. This is all like there's a giant face on the bottom of the ocean. It's and eating you all. It swallows all of them. And it's great. It is so great. It swallows them all whole. And it's like knocking them around in its mouth. They're like, oh my God, this thing is huge and it's powerful. 
It's got to be close. And for whatever reason, the Stanyas are, I guess, who's picking up on their, like, Jedi mind communication. It's like, yep, I'm uh, right on shore. So you guys are screwed. <laughs> did you have that exact? Did you have that moment where I was thinking too? Like she said that. Like when Kakyoin said she's got to be nearby. For some reason, he said that she yeah. could have just lied. Yeah, she, she really could like have. she could have gone. Nope, my stand means I could be on the other side of the globe. <laughs> Fuck <I'm>... off! <laughs> and they would have little to no reason not to believe her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if that would affect the plan. Like, it was such a weird revelation to have because I think that only pays off in the ending of the episode, not this fight. Right. But yeah. Like, she doesn't have to tell them the truth. There's, like, there's no stand user code of honor she has to abide by. I will say that Medler or Midler seemed a lot smarter when she was having them quartered on a sub instead of when she's in giant face mode. A lot more... A lot more problem solving than just I'm a swallow you guys in my giant face. That's fair, but also at the same time, I feel like after she swallowed them in a giant face, that should have been her winning. Like that should be the end, right? Yeah, it really should be. The, well, I mean, it's her fault for having a full. Like, why did she? Why did she craft a full mouth? Why isn't it all like knives in there? Dan's. <laughs> It's, it's a weird like she 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 models she uses her stand to create a giant functional tongue. It's a weird world we live in, and it gets weirder. Like she hits on Jotaro, and then um, upon hearing that, Paul Narath whispers to Jotaro, and we have a goofy, half-hearted. And I almost I should go back and listen to this in the dub because if this is played correctly, I bet this is really funny in the half-hearted way that he attempts to seduce the stand user. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I kind of want to hear that, too. I, I hope it's kind of like, yeah, I would really, um, I, I bet you're my type, too. It would be a real pity if I died was, on the bottom was, of the ocean. It was Polnareff's idea, because because <laughs> um, I remember like she started off going, you know, I'm sorry that I got to eat someone as cute as you, Jotaro, but I'm going to do it, because I guess yeah. Jotaro has that effect on women for some reason in this Apparently. anime. Yeah, and, and, and then Polnareff was just like, "Hey, wait a minute, Jotaro, work with we, this." We don't hear it because he's whispering. Like he puts his hands yeah. over his head. He's like, <laughs> and it's it's pretty funny. My favorite thing is it's I I don't know if like maybe the seducing would have worked, but then the gang gets like really weird. Like over they all overdo it. Like they yeah. all they, they all join in on it. They all joined in on it in like a way that's really creepy at a certain point. Um, my favorite one being Joseph being like, if I was 30 years younger. <laughs> Which might have been the thing that caused her to no longer buy it. Like she yells, she's like, ah, you fools, I'm not an idiot. And then she tries to kill them with her tongue. And she tongue lashes Jotaro into her giant teeth and then uh, attempts to bite him. Oh, this might rate as my top, at least in my top three of, of, jo of JoJo's holy shit so far. Yeah, that was a really good holy shit. Yeah, a good, a, like, Joseph is a very good holy shit when the tongue comes <laughs> to eat them. Yeah. Like, at least in my top three, I want to say. It's a really good one. There's bound to be a really good, like, um, oh, there's bound to be a million super cuts of them, but that's got to be one of the best ones. Um, we got a thing where he's, like, trying to hold up the teeth with star platinum she's like ah my teeth are as hard as diamonds you fool ha ha, ha. and um it looks like jotaro is going to get crushed everyone tries to like help her help him out but the tongue is too powerful 
Abdul shoots a little fire at it, but it looks like he's too late. We see uh, Jotaro's oxygen tank explode. And it's like, we have that brief moment where I'm like, oh my God, Jotaro got crushed to death under the ocean, underneath giant teeth. And everyone seems sad for half a second. Until we have... I guess no one told Joseph that diamonds are unbreakable. Yeah, they aren't unbreakable yet. I thought of that too. The fact that the next season are called Diamonds Are Unbreakable. I immediately thought of that. Um, well, it gets so weird. Well, I'm sorry. My, I wish I had timestamps on these stupid notes. Yeah. Because I remember that Joseph was like, we're at the part where he talks about calcium being in there. Nope, not yet. Okay, I'll go on then. Calcium's in my notes. Um, <laughs> we have uh, another great scene, which I think is solely saved by its execution, where they're all like, wait a minute. Hold on. Do you hear that? Do you hear that in the distance? And then you start hearing like, oda, oda, oda. like a whispering oda, oda, oda. And uh, <laughs> it gets yeah. louder and louder and louder until like Jotaro punches out of a tooth. And he's like, hey, everybody. And they're like, oh, man. And then he just keeps punching teeth. <laughs> and they're like, oh, now he's just showing off. And he's like, let's swim out of this bleeding mouth. And as they're swimming out of this giant mouth with that has now lost all of its teeth, Jotaro's like, Ah, uh, your teeth weren't as hard as diamonds. You lack calcium. <laughs> Which is such a weird slam to say to someone. It is so fucking dumb. It's like there's no calcium in diamonds for to begin with. Yeah. Or I don't wait, is there calcium in teeth? Kind of. Um eh, like is... you usually you don't like calcification on the side on the outside of your teeth because that was when your plaque calcifies. Oh, never hard. mind. I, according to mouthhealthy.org, uh, one of the most important nutrients for healthy teeth is calcium. Calcium strengthens the hard outer shell of your tooth enamel. Well, that's good to know. But she said they were made of diamonds. I thought she said they were as hard as diamonds. Maybe that's what she said. But diamonds, I mean, this... doesn't, diamonds doesn't have calcium, Jodro. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was way into teeth then. He paid attention for that class. He was going to grow up to be a... Are we going to find out in one of the future JoJo's that he became a dentist? You will never guess his profession, and I will not ruin that for you. Oh my god, he gets a profession and we find out? I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I was joking. I didn't think we'd ever find out. I can't you'll wait. Find, find out. You'll find out exactly. <laughs> it is as much of a swerve as real estate agent. Like, but I, I w- would have. But not dentist? It's not oh, dentist. Oh man. I want. <laughs> after this episode, I want a dentist really badly. Oh my um, goodness. But yeah, so they swim up to the shore and they see a a random lady passed out on the beach and they're all like, oh, I guess that's her. And they decide in their usual fashion, like, well, I guess that person's done for. So we really don't need to just, I don't kill them or something. We had another goddamn it Polner F moment here too. Well, he's also a total creep. He's like, well, let me see how, let me, let me check her out. And then of course he's like, oh no, her teeth are all gone. Duh. (laughs) Oh, the goddamn it Polner F. Stop being fucking creepy. Every time, every time, that creepy Frenchman, creepy, creepy Paul Nareff. Yeah. Just, it's weird that she got, the whole situation is weird that he punched out all of her teeth, which I understand knocking someone out. Yeah. She's not down for the count. No. And they're just going to walk, like there's literally no follow up at all in this episode. They're like, oh, she's down and they walk away. Yeah. Like she can come back. She'll be back. They could have checked her for a flesh bud. They could have done a couple of things. Yeah, but they just 
like leap? Is she as good as dead on the shore of somewhere in Egypt that has nowhere nearby? I mean, she's not chained to a rock. Maybe she had a car. She got there somehow. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't think she ever shows up in any of the other shows. No, it it, just, it feels weird that they just leave her there with a mouthful of no teeth. Yeah. Out in the desert with no teeth. Yeah, it's it's what a weird what a weird fate for that villain. But he's a villain, so whatevs. Uh, we then have a great revelation where Joseph is like, "We've made it to Egypt. It took us thirty days. It would have only been twenty hours by plane." <laughs> if only they had flown. And then we have an incredible thing where Ketcoin um, talks about like what they've been through together and then references the dream episode. And then everyone's like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, wait, yeah, I forgot. You guys don't remember that. <laughs> that was good, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I then paused the episode and went, wait a minute. There's a lot of episode left. And it looks yeah. like it's wrapping up. The rest of this episode is all wrap up. Exactly. So uh, the narrator talks about the journey they have and they do a little... I mean, I, I had forgotten this was the season finale, so this makes a lot of sense with the season. And you know what? Before I talk mess about the execution of this, it totally worked on me. I actually got really kind of like nostalgic and actually enjoyed this trip down memory lane. Um, but we get a recap of the villains. It's like, you know, they give you a geographic location, name of enemy stand user. Yeah, we um, get to see everywhere that we traveled. We get like, remember, we traveled the fucking globe, people. Yeah. We, we started like, in Japan. We're in Egypt now, and we get uh, "Stand Proud" is playing in the background. Our our uh, our opening credit song. Yeah. Um. While well, the narrator's going on and on, and we see the pig head toilet. <laughs> we get like little flashbacks. To oh yeah. Everyone they fought. <laughs> no, I, it's it's really good. It's nostalgic for a series. Yeah. How long did it take for this uh, season to come out? Do you know? Um, I mean, it was a weekly series, so this would have been half a year at this point, 24 episodes. Okay, so roughly twice the amount of time it took us to watch it. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, no, that's a lot of time to build up to to grow attached to the journey you've taken already. Yeah, if you were checking out this once a week, and I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't, and for me, it's kind of just like, we didn't. we both started really reluctant with the show. And maybe rewatching that recap really made me realize, like, man, I really do love this show at this point. This show is yeah. great. And uh, Annie was in the flashbacks, so I was happy yep. to see her. Uh, her and Pig Toilet <laughs> were two things that, like, I was like, hey, it's Pig Toilet. Hey, it's Annie. And then I also wrote him a note, like, oh, yeah, Hall Horse. I miss that guy. I liked Hall Horse. He'll be back, right? He's bound to come back at some point, that piece of shit. Um, yeah, this is just a fun show. It's a fun little recap. And then the narrator even goes like, and there's only a few tarot cards left. The deck's still only to... so big. Yeah, it's not that big of a deck. I mean, I took that as, if, from what I recall, I'm like, yeah, eventually I'll just start becoming band names, even in this season. <laughs> I mean, there's minor arcana, but man, fuck them. Yeah, moving on, moving on. Uh, we then have, and just like, shout outs to Netflix and the censored version of this anime being completely unwatchable. Oh my god, yeah. Um, we see a dude who I guess is a speed wagon guy um, who's spying on a group of people. Maybe it's our next group of bosses. Um, I think he says there's like nine people, a mix of men and women. I'm like, oh, is that the next group of bad guys? Who knows? Because he gets killed by something we can't see. And um, like the screen's just blacked out. Like I, t I could tell that he got decapitated, but other than that, like I can't tell who killed him, what killed him. 
If you're supposed to be able to see the killer. No, like the whole fucking screen went black. You're right. It's hard to see anything. And, and, and yeah, and it, it was spying yeah. on like, a, it's like what, in a random street in Egypt, I guess, maybe in, yeah. they in Cairo, I think. Yeah. Well, they I mean, they must, yeah, they must be in Cairo where, where Dio is, because then we cut to Dio being like, oh, you swatted that fly, did you? Hmm. And then it, it, Dio is talking to the giant black censorship bar. Yeah. I can't tell who <laughs> Dio is talking to. There's nothing you can make out from that. Hey, random thought I had at the yeah. end of these episodes. Do you think Dio is still making more man cats in his plentiful spare time? I would hope. I kept looking for there to be a man cat. I thought we would see a man cat. It was a one-off and he realized his mistake. Yeah, he's like, oh, no more man cats. Here's, here's the thing we're not doing any more of. Man cats. I miss the man cats, Pat. That was the good oh. age of Dio. Dio. Yeah, because after he talks to the giant censorship bar, he then, like, kind of touches his shoulder and makes fun of Jonathan. He's like, do you feel that body of Jonathan? Relatives are getting yeah, closer. Right, he does, yeah. <laughs> he talks crap to his own adopted body, which, you know what? You, you gotta, give him, gotta give him props for that, I guess. Uh, we then have, um, God, I just cannot say enough about how much I love everything about this scene. Cuts back to New York. Uh, we see Joseph and, and Susie Q talking, and she's, like, all peppy and happy with him. And she says she wants to talk to her grandson. Joseph hands it over reluctantly. And she basically lets him know that she knows. And it's awesome. It's really, really good. Like I mean, She doesn't spell it out. She says, like, he's happy that you're working with your grandpa. Well, she also says that there's nothing that, like, two Joestar, the Joestar men can't do. God, one Joestar man killed three gods yeah so like i i i very i i like the the sentiment i like all that and then we have after she hangs up the phone she basically kind of lets the butler know that it's like hey i i he they won't tell me what's going on and it's annoying that i don't know but it's like i know that something big is going on so i'll just hope for the best yeah she's a great, great cool. she's a she's a great snide line where Rose is going to spill the goddamn beans. He's this close to doing it. He's so close. She knows that butler is going to spill gonna all break. Uh -huh. She has like, this great line. It was like, it's just a business trip, isn't it? Yeah. And she, like, was... she saunters off the camera after saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just letting... Rose has got to feel like so like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, oh. God. Oh. He's like, I've been with the family for 30 years, and this is the worst thing they've made me do. <laughs> Oh, oh. And then we see more old pictures. God, we mm -hmm. see a bunch of old family pictures, man. I am so, I am tied so, up with the Joestar family. I'm going to regret when we go to other like branches yeah. of the family. So it's her. That was a picture of Arena and young Joseph, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, which is so great. But she just talks about like the being involved in that family is always trouble. But the fact that she hasn't managed to be eaten or destroyed or whatever. I mean, I think that's part of the thing that plays into just like, oh, right, this is a character that they've just managed to age successfully. This is someone who has been adjacent to adventure their entire life. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, for that, like, even though she's very snide about the term, like, it's a business trip. Yeah, that's what he is. He's an adventurer. Sure, he's a real estate agent, but he fights vampires and gods. Like, <laughs> this is just part of the business. And I, I dig all, I dig that. I like that. I like, I like that just uh, concept. I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, I haven't really fully read into it, but I think they I think I read that the um, they added some of the Suzy Q stuff. Oh, did they? Like from the manga like, like it wasn't there? Like, 
this wasn't in the manga. They added some extra Susie Q to help like uh, add some extra like emotional impact because this this is in the manga it just kept rolling. This had to be a season finale, so I think they wanted to add her in as like a a potential thing. I'll have to read up on that. I, I kind of read that, but I haven't read the full thing. I could be totally oh. wrong. Well, I um, if they did, I'm glad they did because I've loved like. I think above everything else in these last episodes, the CCQ moments are somehow the most golden shining thing I remember from them. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I don't, I don't know why exactly, because I wasn't a Susie Ho fanatic as you were, but at this moment, I'm like, yes, she's awesome. Yeah. I love seeing her in this. It's just because she's aged with Jonathan, I think, or Joseph. Yeah. She's aged with Joseph. And somehow <laughs> that has made like the fact that she's put up with that for so long. Yeah. I don't know it's 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 a real big cool fun thing. I'm 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 a big fan of it. It just I don't know. I just got I felt really big for it and then um we cut back like they're walking away and then like um I don't know it just feels great because like Jotaro is like cheering on Joseph and Joseph is like all like dramatically talking and it pans over and the gang's got a car and Kakyoin the best boy is just they're in the we desert. got a car. We got to yeah. go. Yeah. It's like a go-kart kind of car, too. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's like a It looks sand. very weird. It's got a giant back wheel. Yeah, it looks like it could probably traverse the desert. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, Kat Coyne is, like, leaning out of the back of the car, yelling like an excited little kid. And you're just like, oh, my goodness, I'm so ready. And um, the narrator talks about Egypt and kind of does some more teasing. And then the team strikes a pose, and it cuts the credits. And I just loved it. I was just, I was, like so excited and so happy with how all of this was being executed yeah dude are you worried that we're gonna get rid of our intro and our extra we're we gonna get something I'm new super worried about all of that and i'm not gonna <laughs> spoil i'm not gonna look ahead but yeah and uh after uh walk like an egyptian we do get a teaser oh man that teaser though a teaser because it... if you know what's coming i don't oh cool um but yeah so we we cut to and it's such a great, um, and I'm so glad there's an animated GIF on the JoJo Wiki of these idiots, of the Speedwagon helicopter folk. <laughs> they look like goons. They They're do like... look like goons. Like, one of them looks like Android, um, one of the androids from, like, the DBZ movies. Yeah, almost, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I tried to send it to you, but it won't animate in Discord. So oh, well, I, I see dude. the picture. I don't see but yeah, it pans over and then it pans to the back of a speedwagon helicopter, and you just see a blanket, and the blanket slowly rises up, and we see one blue eye. Yeah, what could that be? What does what the speedwagon foundation have, man? Yeah. Here's what blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, prepare for Egypt in 2015, Pat. Oh yeah. Like oh my god, 2015. That's when Egypt Part Two came out. We were a little we're a little late to the party. I don't know if you knew that. Don't know if you knew I, I'm very familiar with it now. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, I don't know exactly when the anime started. I feel like it hasn't been nearly as long as it feels, though. Yeah. Because as it's recaptured the age of the manga, like, that's the thing, though. It's like each season that we've had so far feels like it's been capturing the age of the manga when it was written. Yeah. It as really does. To the age when they produced it, because, like, part one, um, Battle Tendency? No, that was part two. Phantom uh, Blood. Uh, Phantom Blood. Phantom yeah. Blood. Phantom Blood felt. Like Phantom Blood felt like it was almost historic. Like it was, it was a product of its time. Like it felt mm -hmm. like it was definitely capturing what the anime was like at the time the manga was being made at that time, as opposed to what anime was like when they actually made it. Yeah. And same thing that went on with Battle Tendency and into Stardust Crusaders. Mm -hmm. 
Man. Um, I'm looking for it. Uh, da, 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 da. So let me see here. So yeah, um, April 5th, 2014 is when Stardust Crusaders started in Japan. Man. And it feels older than that. Yeah. it's It, it really captures the 80s feel. Man. I don't know. I'm just so bought into this now. I really love it. This is such a great anime. It's such a great group of characters. It's just so much fun. Yeah, I feel like we've already officially rescinded any doubts we had at the beginning. But just in case we have not, yeah. it deserves to be said again. I am I bought in. I, I'm in with these guys. I like this gang. Oh. They're, they're a family now, Pat. It's so good. They've done such a great job of putting this gang together. I cannot wait to see. Especially, like, I feel like they... It's really weird. I don't know if the creator felt like he needed to do it, but like the rebooted Avdol works better than original Avdol. I love so him I, so much. I can't wait to see what this gang is going to deal with in Egypt. It because was... we have basically the same number of episodes. Yeah, we do. It's mostly the here's the thing though, I think most bonding episodes were people were individual characters bonding with Polnareff. Yeah. It wasn't individual characters bonding with Jotaro. <laughs> or Joseph. It was mostly getting them getting together with Polnareff and having a good episode. Like Avdol and Polnareff got together and they were amazing. And as we already said, every Kakyoin and Polnareff episode is mwah, chef's kiss. Oh, it's so good. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to see where we're going next, what we're doing next. I'm, I'm just, I'm stoked. I'm very, very stoked. I'm very uh, exciting. It's We've got uh, we've got anime ramp up to deal with now because now we're in Egypt with Dio. Yeah, we got I, a I whole think... season here. We got a like, whole season. We got no more travel. A whole like we went across half the we went across like half the world in one season. Yeah, and, the, and then the same number of episodes we're gonna stay in Egypt. Yep, it's man, got to be crazy. It is gonna be crazy. I'm excited to see the next one. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about this? Uh, these two episodes? Nope. Cool. I, I want to say one quick thing. I probably should have said this at the start of the show um, because I forgot if we talked about this or not the last time we did an episode. Um, but uh, they have announced there'll be a ninth JoJo. God, I think we said that. I don't know. If, JoJo don't know if Land sure. is currently... So JoJo Lion will be replaced by JoJo Land. Jojo Land is what it's called, okay? That's a tentative title. He may not keep it. Okay. Um, but Jojo Lion has um, has or is about to officially wrap up. We're Actually, manga or anime? Manga. Okay. The anime for Stone Ocean um, will have a worldwide release, I believe, this December, um, which is which will be weird because I guess if we had started this earlier, we could be doing that week to week, but... Um, Netflix has the release rights for that. Um, so we'll be able to watch that when we get around to it. Um, they just have that gap if they don't have Golden Wind, but that we'll cross that bridge when we get to the Golden Wind. What? Wait, are we missing something? Uh, well, Golden, uh, the, fifth, the fifth JoJo is not currently on Netflix. Oh, okay. Netflix doesn't have it. But we have, I mean, they have the fourth JoJo, so there's plenty. I assume they'll pick up Golden Wind by the time they get Stone Ocean. It would be really weird if they had all the JoJo's but the fifth. It would be weird, because Crunchyroll has Golden Wind. Yeah, and I I mean, that's... I I keep seeing the weirdest thumbnails every time I try to log in to watch more JoJo, because I have no idea what's going on in Golden Wind. Golden Wind's a weird one. I'm very excited for us to get there. But yeah, I'm pretty happy with all this. I'm very excited for us to watch. Yet again, like I said, 
I am a big JoJo fan, but I feel as we've dived into this kind of stuff, it's like I binge so much of it in manga format with fan translations so long ago, I barely remember any of the details. So it's almost like watching it for real for the first time, and I've just enjoyed it so much. I'm glad it's paying off as, at least as much for you as it is for me. Awesome. All righty. Well, I, I'm, uh, I'm at Book Out. Where are you at? Uh, book Out. Book Out! <laughs>